This is The Back Pass, a podcast for sports nerds by sports nerds. On tonight's episode of The Back Pass, we will be talking Test Cricket. That is pretty much a wrap for this two-year cycle of the World Test Series, barring an Ireland tour of Sri Lanka and England. And we have a look at all the action that's just wrapped up. Hello and welcome to The Back Pass. My name is Ali Bilwala. I am joined with our regular cricket panel of Kevin Shivank. And welcome back, Mr. Cricket, Sid. Lots of cricket going on. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Sid, there's been a lot of cricket on offer. It has been, actually, and a lot of quality cricket, actually, I would say. So a lot less reverse sweeps and test matches. <laughs> Can we not bring that up again, please? <laughs> I guess the Aussies... Can we sweep the, the reverse Aussies. sweep out of the ground? <laughs> You know, I thought about that. Post that Delhi test, um, when I think in half an hour, they just pretty much got reverse swept away or swept away, whichever <laughs> way you want. <laughs> they want the next test, which is good. Come to the fourth one, and I see a lot of wickets actually fell to sp- spin. And they were actually uh, sweeping those spinners. So funny enough, I think they said, well, what's to lose? Let's Let's give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> eventually they got out. But yeah, there has been a lot of cricket lately, a lot of meaningless ODIs. Mm. Um, what's lot an of, ODI? Uh, yeah, what's well, meaningless. I don't know what it is. Um, I mean, surprisingly, in the two one-days played in India, they haven't got to 200 as yet. It's a shocker. Which is, which is, it is a shocker. And they've played in what? Mumbai and Vishakhapatnam, two of the flattest pitches. Two of the flattest pitches in India. If they were playing a T20, they would have scored a two. <laughs> like 80 all out, 85 all out or something. <laughs> speaking of um, ODIs, sorry, I know this is a show about test cricket, but speaking of ODIs, can we get Natarajan to do some throwdowns to Surya Kumar? It's like two ODIs, same ball, same dismissal. Can we just get Natarajan or some left-hander to swing some balls into Surya Kumar so he can get his footwork and everything right? I, I, it's funny. I watched his dismissal for both one days, and he's not actually being able to read the ball that's actually coming back in. Yeah. Um, same happened to KL Rahul. Same happened to Virat Kohli. Uh, it's like all of a sudden we forgot to play how to play left arm in swing. Uh, the even more surprising thing is that's Mitchell Stark's bread and butter. That <laughs> in swinger. Yeah. Something he didn't get in the test match. Hmm. But yeah, uh, uh, it is surprising. We've had likes of Zaheer Khan. We likes of you know we played all these fast bowlers. Even Nera on his day used to swing the right. ball back in. Irfan Patan. Uh, Irfan Patan. That's it. So yeah, something is something is missing. I don't know what it is, but something is missing. And now coming back to Test cricket. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they reserved the sweeping for just the dust bowls and not for flat tracks. Or when they tried sweeping <laughs> on a flat track. The consequence was obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just say the and I think Ali, you asked the question, there's been a lot of cricket. One thing that has stood out for me the last so many matches I've seen, Ken Williamson. Oh take a guy has been 
exceptional form. Shivank and I, we called about it that he should be, uh, he should, you know, give up his captaincy. And I think a lot of people questioned mm-hmm. us there, are you out of your mind or something? Kane Williams and the greatest ever cricketer to play for New Zealand. And we agreed to that. However, I think the pressure was getting to him. Mm-hmm. And again, his stats, like I posted something in the group today, three tests, 367 runs or something like that. Phenomenal. Just phenomenal. And just, just how much difference it makes when he's only, you know, a batter playing in the team. Yeah. Just on a different level. Look, there's an extraordinary amount of pressure on you when you are the team's best player and also supposed to be the leader. Like, it's not something that comes to everyone naturally. Mm. And sometimes yep. after a string of bad results and like a series of bad results demonstrated by New Zealand's form after the WTC championship two years ago, it has been pretty poor in test cricket. So that obviously yep. takes a toll on you and your game. So... Yeah, kudos to New Zealand cricket for giving the captaincy to Tim Southey instead, only them when not available, <laughs> and allowing Kane Williamson to come back to his very best. And it's interesting that he's kind of really kind of come back into his T20 form. Sorry, into his test form. And does he carry that into the IPL and the T20 now? How mm. much of a transition is test cricket? Because... If you look at the calendar, there's uh, the Test cricket kind of dries up until the World Test Cricket Championship. Yeah. yeah, the only series left between now and then is the Ashes. No, that one's after the Ashes. So that uh, the Ashes well, coming yeah. after the I mean, Test Championship. Other than the other than the final, yeah, and that is that is a bit bizarre from ICC's point of view. You've got the two finalists, and what ICC is actually saying, the Lex boys, we're not going to play for next three four months. So just take it easy. Mm. We'll, we'll see you in June. <laughs> and we'll see you in June when it's actually raining in England. So, <laughs> you know, so if it doesn't happen, we'll have a sixth day. And of course, India will collapse on day six and Australia will win. Well, the interesting part about that World Test Championship and the date on it as well is it is two weeks after the IPL wraps up. So a big chunk, obviously, of the Indian national team is going to be part of the IPL and going to be playing a lot of T20. And, uh, you know, you, you'd say some of the solid, like at least I think there's like seven to eight Australian players who feature in the bigger test team, the wider test team, that'll be in the IPL too. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a world test final, which basically all the players have just come out of playing T20 and going straight into test cricket. So you're changing formats, you're changing continents, you're changing weather conditions, mm-hmm. and you're expected to perform at your highest level. And it's supposed things. to be a good match, right? Yeah, and it's supposed to be yeah. a good match, yeah. So I, so, I read somewhere that uh, apparently Indian contingent will be given the Duke's ball in the IPL to actually play with, or at least practice with, um, just to, so they get used to with the ball. I was in, when I was in Brisbane recently, I picked up a Duke's ball just to see what it sort of feels like different to an SG ball or a Kokobura ball. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a professional cricketer. <laughs> Shivank, well, does it feel any different to you? Well, okay. Uh, that's a leading let's question. Start. Yeah, that's a leading <laughs> question. Uh, let's start with the basics that I'm not a professional cricketer either. <laughs> no, but I think the difference lies in the amount of lacquer that's applied yeah. and how it wears off. I think that's where you'll, you'll actually 
feel the difference. It's the so type and the amount of lacquer, right? It's amount, a slightly correct. different type and yeah. slightly different amount. Yeah. That's the basically seam, the three things. Seam that wears just, a bit differently and you get a different mm. amount of weight on it. Yeah. Certain, if you bounce it enough on the right side, you get a really good weight imbalance. Correct. It. Correct. And the other difference is the thread on the ball. So the SG seam has a yeah. protruded thread and this one has a much more, um, I don't know what the right word is, suppressed thread. I don't know. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, that's, that's one thing I did notice. In saying that, if you look at the Duke's ball in the last couple of years, it hasn't swung with the new ball. It started swinging when it's actually about 10 to 15, 20 years yeah, old. Yeah. 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 So, so if they play it with are, during the IPL, I'm not sure what difference it's actually going to make. Are they going to use it for the entire series? Entire IPL? Or is it just in training? So. Because then the coaches are going to say, put the ball away, put the actual, use the actual one we're going to use in the match because we yeah. want to win, win a cricket yeah, match. That, yeah, that's the thing. It's just, if it's just purely for training, how long? Are you going to ball 50 overs with it? Apparently not. You know, mm. so that defeats the whole purpose. So is the ICC treating the World Test Championship as a warm-up match for the Ashes? <laughs> I mean, that's it the sure only, that way. That's the only sure reason why you would bit. set it up in this manner. Like we've spoken about it before a little bit. The, the fact that the series is not a series, it's a one-match, one-off. Mm. In a country where neither team has played or does any warm-ups, um, this kind of feels like one of those, uh, I don't know what you would call it. It's not a test match. They're kind of like friendlies. It's like Manchester. Exhibition game. It's like, yeah, Man U versus Wrexham, yeah. Wrexham, right? It's not really a game. Some <laughs> well, sort of charity. So I assume India's Man United and Australia's <laughs> Wrexham. <laughs> At this point in time, yeah, we, we would go with that. <laughs> So, so you're saying Australia has the more lovable owner? Yeah, I mean, Australians, Australia sport. is a much more lovable country. Yeah, well, <laughs> overall, right? Well, yeah. on this chat, we have two people living in Australia. <laughs> one who's come back from Australia, one who's thinking of going to Australia. So, I don't know what we can say about that. So. <laughs> on the balance of things. On the balance of things, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, to your part, uh, point, Kevin, I think. You look at the World Test Championship, very close encounters, great series, comes down to Australia, India, Australia, like the last test, New Zealand, Sri Lanka, went down to the last ball mm. before we got who was actually playing Australia in the final. Excellent setup. Mm-hmm. And then it all fizzles out. They will come back in three and a half months to play the final. Mm. So you, you've built up the whole uh, World Test Championship for the last two years just to basically throw it away is how I actually look at it. You know, if you got to play the final, play the final in the next couple of weeks. Play it in Dubai. Play it somewhere. I don't know. Just play. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like keep so keep the momentum keep the going. going. Maybe not Dubai. I think it should be in a no. country where there's enough of a cricket watching population. Um, oh, look, Indians like, will turn up. You know, yeah, Whoa, Indians will turn up anyway. That, yeah, but Australians are not going right? to turn up, right? Like yeah, if it's in India, it's better than if it would be in Dubai. And if it's in Australia, it's also better than if it was in Dubai. Both both options yeah, would be but, better. But, but even if we play at the MCG, it's like 70-30 and 70% of the crowd is Indian, if not more. <laughs> yeah, but you still get 30% Australian. You don't yeah. get 30% Australian <laughs> yeah. in Dubai, let's be honest. I have a suggestion. Why not play at Perth? The weather suits. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. Perth has um, – I don't know how much you know about Australia, but Perth is going through this unusual climate-related – Change crisis. 
yeah, it's it's been very unusual weather. So I, I think you'd get like a very interesting um, wacker pitch, um, something that. No, apparently we play at the new stadium now, don't they? The post stadium, whatever that's called. The oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. but yeah, yeah, but still, I think like it's not going to be the same sort of Perth pitch that you typically get, mm. uh, which Quality may even. not be a bad thing. Um, yeah, and, and it's, it it raises an interesting point. I think going forward, that what they should consider doing is. And I don't know how feasible this is, so I haven't done the math on the dollar figures or anything like that. But if you are doing a test series in another country, you should bring the pitch, your pitch with you, right? I mean, most of the pitches are drop-in pitches anyway, right? Yeah. So, except, except Sydney, Lider, except Lider. except Sydney, but Sydney can change. Yeah. Um, yeah. You you bring your ground your groundsman with you to select <laughs> well, the may, Maybe maybe we can restrict it a little bit to make it cost effective, <laughs> but we bring maybe one groundsman with one pitch, um, and their choice of roller. The BCCI is very interested to know how they can doctor pitches in overseas <laughs> countries. <laughs> it's the word is prepared. Yeah. Prepare. Prepare. Sorry, my bad. Prepare, prepare, Not doctor. Pitches. Prepare. Nobody doctors pitches. <laughs> It's only doctoring pitches if the BCCI does it. It's not doctoring pitches when anybody else does it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the Caribbean would be a nice place to play as well. So Caribbean. Yeah. Centurion seems like a good venue this time of year. Yeah. yeah. Well, in defense of BCCI, India has been to Australia twice. Australia hasn't been able to win those series. You know, they were home pitches. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. In, in saying that, though, in saying that, though, with everything that's changed with Indian cricket since the Gabba, I don't feel as confident about the next series India plays down under as I did about the I previous agree. two. I, I, I actually agree. I actually agree. Do you think I think they'll get smacked? Absolutely smacked. Do you think Virat Kohli plays in the next series? I, I think there's a possibility. Two that... years time, yes. Two years yeah, time. Two years yes. time, yes. Any further than that, hard to say. He's 36, yeah. 37. He's 34 right now. He's, 34. he's fit enough. If he wants to play, I think he'll be fit enough to play. I mean, Tendulkar played. Tendulkar didn't seem... Tendulkar, yeah. Quite I, he retired at 40. Well, I have a feeling he'll only be playing test cricket by then. Mm. Post this post the ODI World oh, Cup this year, I think he'll ODIs. be done from ODIs. Like, most, of the, most of everyone else has given up on ODIs. I think Virat Kohli is going to give up on ODIs. After the World Cup, I think yeah, he's, he's, he's doing it for the records at this point. Um, I think yeah. so. Yeah. The, the funny, while I agree with the sentiment, I also feel that ODI cricket was his specialty. And so him giving up ODI cricket is like giving up a specialty. But I also know the importance he places on Test cricket as it was evident, evident during his captaincy. So I can mm-hmm. see it happening, but I also know... You know, ODI cricket was basically what he excelled at or excels at. Not right now. <laughs> well, I mean, he could change his form completely after this 100. He tends to do this, though, go through, like, from from his history, he goes through periods where he doesn't score any runs, and then he'll go and, you know, do a three-year three, three year period where he'll be scoring hundreds every, you know, two matches mm-hmm. or something like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if he, he just struck a vein of form. Who knows? Good timing. Good timing. Works okay. for me. <laughs> the only sad thing is that he struck a, his form in test cricket when there's no test to be played in. <laughs> <laughs> he just has to carry it into the IPL. I think 
he'll have to do um he'll have mm. to do his absolute best to make sure that uh, Coley and uh, Kane Williamson are not like the what 99th most effective player in the IPL. <laughs> yeah. No. And but, and switching yeah. back to New Zealand as well, and the t- the test series in New Zealand against England, and then the test series in Sri Lanka, and the the discrepancies in that as well with how New Zealand played starting the test series against England in New Zealand, and how they mm-hmm. finished, and then they've gone over to Sri Lanka and they've kind of carried that form. What are your thoughts on kind of their progress on it over the next, I guess, now coming up two year cycle that they'll kind of go through? If you talk about New Zealand, I think they was they should have won from Sri Lanka two 0 to begin with. Yeah. Um, the first test got way closer than anyone anticipated or expected it to. In saying that, if you ask me honestly, New Zealand cricket's actually going backwards, not forward. Um, Tim Saudi as captain, Doug Bracewell as the replacement. Agree. Uh, so that's not looking forward. So. If you took this team to Australia, England, India, even Sri Lanka right now, they will be smacked. Honestly, they will struggle to win in any of those countries. Mm-hmm. And taking nothing away from how Kane Williamson played in the first test, um, I have to say that the main reason Sri Lanka lost the first test is Sri Lanka. The field setup was very poor when you're trying to restrict the opposition to basically run a ball, especially once the wicket started falling. The, the amount of yeah. the amount of gaps they had in the field, giving away easy singles, was basically just inviting pressure. Yeah, look, yeah. Uh, one thing I'll say about Sri Lanka is with the stuff that's going on inside the country, mm. to put even a test cricket team mm. in the field and to play a series is pretty, pretty special. Um, oh, yeah. That's a very fair point. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think it's uh, like, you know, it's one thing to talk about tactics, but I, I don't think they really even have a test team. It's just a handful of cricketers who've played test at this point in time. And, you know, it might be like this for the next couple of years and whatever they do, they should be well supported um, by the international contingent, regardless of where they're playing. Mm. Um, mm. And we probably should take it from that lens. Yeah. Keeping that in mind, I don't think – I completely agree. I think I've said this previously as well, that New Zealand feels like much like Australia taking a step backwards. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's it's probably has to do with a lack of talent or maybe 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 the better, better statement, it's the lack of ability to find good talent and nurture good talent. Yeah. Um, I'd also put it down to lack of trust in existing talent. And I keep on bringing the same kid again and again, Rachin. Like, Mm. we've seen how good this kid is with both bat and ball. Um, Why he doesn't get selected to play baffles me. And I'm sure there's more talent. Let's let's just put it this way. If Jas Patel played for India and picked up 10 wickets, Half he would have been half a city would have been named after him. <laughs> you know he would be a rich man by now. He's struggling to get selected in the team. You know mm. so that's uh, he he was dropped in the test following that test in Mumbai, which was which they lost to Bangladesh on a track that was actually turning from day three onwards. It was a slow track. They decided not to play a spinner. Baffles me. Don't know why. 
um and again rachin is another example he batted out mm. against ashwin and jadeja uh, in one of the test matches um you know they they drew the test match but then he was he's not to be seen he's scoring hundreds in england he's scoring hundreds in in the domestic uh, circuit here but i don't know they don't have confidence in him they don't trust him whatever the case may be is it is it also uh, a case of like the domestic game not being strong enough to challenge Oh, are not being strong enough to kind of really nurture talent as well, and so it's for the selectors to have confidence in picking them for international cricket. Then the question would be: On what basis is the current crop actually playing? And then you look at likes of Doug Bracewell, who's actually played after five or six years or seven mm. years, whatever the case is. What is the basis of his selection? Something if was if he if he selected based on how he performed in Hobart against Australia. he won the test match by i think seven runs or whatever there was um and that's that's the point i refer to that new zealand cricket's actually going backwards yeah. if australia is going one step back new zealand's actually going three or four steps back and uh, and the longer they go not selecting this talent like i mean how long do how how many other youngsters get influenced or impacted by these players not the younger players not getting selected So how long do they feel like they have to kind of keep at it, you know, until they're 25, 26 before they can even make an international? Yeah, you don't have to go any further than South Africa to see what happens when you don't do not prioritize um, you know, good cricketing talent. Now obviously South Africa's reasons are different. They've got a different different um criteria, mm. but basically the likes of Conway or Wagner couldn't play for south africa and guess what they're making they're making the black caps like proud of having such talent because how many games have these two won for new zealand in the last 4 years itself and more like i'm just picking top 2 but there's a lot more south african talent that's come in through grant elliot mm-hmm. yeah um i'll throw a name for you guys cory anderson right i mean he when he came on the scene he promised a lot we mm. saw him in the ipl scored i think the fastest century at the time against west indies if i'm not wrong or whoever there yeah. was in queenstown west indies um, yeah the boy could smack the ball where is he he's playing for he's he's settled in america he's settled in america okay. yes <laughs> yeah he could be playing for america in the future and to your point uh, ali a lot of guys will actually go down that path mm. where The leagues are becoming more prominent. That there's money to be made. If you don't play for your country, that's fine. You, play up, yeah. you can play about three or four leagues in the in in the year and make about half a million dollars. Yeah. So you're going to start losing this talent to these leagues, and then the people question, "Oh, but the country comes first, which is fine." But then the country needs to select those players to actually, you know, give them a chance yeah. and actually perform. If they don't, then you risk losing those players. But and does that also then kind of equate to the international cricket levels, like dropping? Because obviously India is India is a India is like an odd example, but they will always have the numbers and the cricketing talent to sustain. You know what? Ten teams themselves, they could literally put up ten pretty strong teams and have a competition, international competition. against most other countries and be fine but there are other countries that are more heavily impacted right like yeah you know south africa new zealand australia actually have plenty of cricketers so they just need to pick the right ones they just need to give them a chance give so, them a shot 
you basically will just come down to three countries playing cricket, India, England, Australia, and then everybody else just becomes a feeder country. Yeah. Yeah, but there's, I think the, the carryover effect is not so much on um, cricket in those countries. So I don't think it's cricket specifically in those countries. I think it's the type of cricket that's going to be played going forward. So what we'll have is these great IPL games, but we won't have great t- test cricket anymore. Mm. I mean, that's kind of what's playing out right now. I mean, like if you yeah, think you about can like, see it, you can see it happening. Well, correct. Hasn't ICC just prioritized the IPL over the World Test Cricket Championship? They have. Because they've gone, okay. everyone take a break because we have to play the IPL and then <laughs> we'll come back for the World Test. But then but, that, that, that sort of brings a question. Why does ICC actually choose England as the venue? When England hasn't even played in the last two finals, <laughs> you know that sort of begs the question: Can these we are, not? Have... These are part of the deals that go down, right? Because yeah. England, Australia, and India all, all, all hold all the keys, so they say, "All right, you can have it for two years, and then you'll have it for two years, and then you and, guys have it for two years." Yeah, and what 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 Kevin said, you know, about Sri Lanka, they don't have a team right now. They don't they don't have the resources right now. But then you know, Sri Lanka reminds me of a team. You know, when we used to play as youngsters in whoever could actually come up and turn up for the game can actually play. Yeah, it's what Sri Lanka team is right now. Yeah. They almost beat New Zealand in the opening test in Christchurch. And Christchurch is almost a fortress for for, for Black Caps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so there are teams who can actually do better. But then they need to be given that opportunity that they need to be playing a lot more tests than what the, the, the big three, as they call them in the test scene, do. Well, there's, a, there's actually... An- a bit of irony here. The Sri Lankan team, I don't think was actually picked. You know, there wasn't like a pool of payers that they picked from. It was no. just who was next available. And they did yeah, this well, well compared That's to what, what like years of selectors, like focusing on trying to pick the best player to fit to this particular team. Yeah. It proves that most of these people don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. It's, it's just That's a complete right. farce. It's like wine tasting. Like, yeah. Nobody actually knows. <laughs> I'll, throw in, I'll throw in something, and I could be wrong here completely. I've been married for almost 19 years, but Angelo Matthews was playing before I was married, and he's still, <laughs> still playing. <laughs> now, I don't know if that's my choice, or they don't have any other options. I am happy we now have a new barometer for age that isn't me. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, you know, for, like, all the talk about ICC growing the test game and bringing in, you know, like, Ireland and other countries into test cricket, we've kind of now gone away from that. And we're potentially looking at in 10, 15 years' time where there really only is Australia, India, and England playing test cricket and everyone else is just playing T20s. Mm-hmm. Actually, just on that... Just on that, what happened to Afghanistan? I remember they were based at Dharamshala. They played a couple of tests with Dharamshala as their home venue, even had India play them once. But ever since the whole World Test Cricket, World Test Championship, sorry, thing started, they've gone AWOL. Yeah, and I think it comes down to the change of, uh, you know, the government regime they had in place. (laughs) Um, not many countries were sort of willing to, you know, play them or invite them to their country. Yeah. Um, so that sort of, you know, never sort of, you know, uh, went ahead. So they had sort of lost somewhere down the track as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, it is it is an interesting one as well with with those teams because you know I mean Zimbabwe was a previously great test playing nation as well and now yeah. Zimbabwe West Indies disappeared Pakistan obviously political unstability and you know you really can't tour to Pakistan and that's causing issues Ireland well, you, you, want, you want to watch a boring test match for five days where yeah. nothing comes out of it but yeah play on the highways. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ireland is doing a couple of tours now. Test, um, mm. test tours to Sri Lanka. Why not? You know, no one else is kind of going there at the moment with the IPL on. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the test cricket is at a very interesting point. Um, if it's going to stay within these three countries, then it's actually sad for the game. Yeah. If you ask me, correct. Um, it has to be. It has to grow to other countries who can, you know, perform in. I mean, Sri Lanka, they have done really well in New Zealand. Yeah. Way more than anyone would have expected them to. I don't think, and I don't hesitate in saying this, I don't think India would have actually lasted five days <laughs> in Christchurch. The way their track record has been in, in Christchurch in New Zealand. Lately. Yeah. Um, so so this game has to be developed in, uh, you know, other countries other than the, the big three mm-hmm. for this format to actually keep going. Otherwise, the World Test Championship I think in a few years' time, we'll lose its charm. Mm. Do, do you reckon they could do something like the the rugby, where they have like a Super 14 or a Super 12s or something like that, where with Test cricket? I, I think there's like a missed opportunity in having franchise Test cricket. I know that the mm. format makes that very difficult, but it's not a – it's – because I think the biggest problem right now is that there's not enough test cricket to develop the young players and the quality of the um, the county cricket competitions outside of England aren't great. Like even I watched a, um, a New South Wales versus yeah. Queensland game and that wasn't – there's a big drop-off, quite a big drop-off. So I can see why you know um, selectors make certain decisions, not all the decisions, but certain decisions around playing talent picking the older player as opposed to the younger player because um, they're just not developing as fast. Yeah, there's a big big difference in crowds as well and in terms of pressure and, to, and mm. those kind of things. Yeah. Mm. I, I think franchise franchise cricket would be a great idea for test. Um, obviously, it means that, you know, messing with like a very old game that, you know, breaking traditions and cricket is very known for not breaking traditions, right? So it, well, it would breaking be a lot of traditions. <laughs> well, we have gone down. We've gone down pink ball test match yeah. as it is, yeah. just to make yeah. it exciting. So why not do something else to you know just to boost the game? Um, Can we actually mandate that in any test series that is three tests or longer, one test has to be day night? Well, to begin with, at least it has to be a three match test series. Like oh. I don't know why New Zealand keeps playing two, two tests. Test, yeah, actually, good point. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, coming back to your point, one of the tests has to be a day-night test match, yeah, just to make it exciting. I mean, you look, you know, India has India started doing this three, four years ago, and again, we come back to India. You know, school kids get free entry. They invite a couple mm. of schools, bring the kids to watch the test match. That's how mm. they grow the game. You know, other countries could follow that lead as well, along with franchise cricket. Um, something on your point, Kevin, what you said, how we can change the game. Slightly unrelated, I was listening to Sachin yesterday, a couple of days ago. He gave some suggestions. Everyone talks about ODI cricket is dead, this and that. And he gave some suggestions that we should have four innings of 25 overs each. 
Oh, he's been saying that for a long time. Yeah, yeah, and then I read the comments in social media on the post, and everybody was like, "No, no, you you've lost your mind. This is not going to work." And I'm like, "The guy has played the game. Listen to him. He's right. The ODI is dying down. Mm. You listen to commentators. You listen to everyone. The game is dying down. Mm. But then, yet people are not willing to listen to anything that is actually suggested." Okay, I've I've got some left field ideas. I just want to throw them out just for the just for the oh, end of this, just man. to finish it. Show them out. Sweep First us off our feet. Let's <laughs> test cricket. Finish up with some sweeping. Yeah. <laughs> test. I'll get to the sweeping. I have a good point there. So, um, test cricket is a war of attrition, right? So why don't they just do a three day day night test match where you start at like eight o'clock in the morning and you finish at ten o'clock at night? And you have to just play through that. <laughs> five Putting, session long test. Five, five, yeah, session five long maybe day, yeah. five, six sessions. Make it completely brutal. How make it a cauldron at three a.m. That, that's. <laughs> I think right. that that'll be that'll be the part where you stumble right. at Kevin. That's the one thing <laughs> I haven't thought about your plan. So you I'll know, because just... you you have you'll have breakfast. You'll have <laughs> morning tea, lunch. Um, afternoon tea, supper, dinner, supper, and then after supper, you still have you still have a couple of overs. Can I just say, if you play in India, you don't have to go for that long. It'll anyways finish in two and a half, two and a half so days. you don't. Have yeah, but it's it'll be spectacular because it'll all happen in one day, right? The, tw- um, the twenty-four hour test. Uh, uh, I mean, I it's definitely someone- worth a try. Le Mans. I could be wrong here, Kevin, but I think it was Sunny Gavaska who suggested. Why don't you play 100 overs in the day or 110 overs in the day instead of 90 rather than wasting time on drinks and everything, you know? Mm. Why don't you sort of actually, you know, say we're going to have 100 overs in the day. Mm. And then you look at the average of last, you know, test matches in the last three to four years. They normally finish about 300 to 320 overs. And you could get the result in three three days or three and a half days or whatever that the case may be. Yeah. So yeah, I think that is that is a valid point. Now, now with Definitely. the sweep shot, I think certain shots. It's kind of kind of like um, you know when you're playing backyard cricket. If you hit it on the full outside, <laughs> it's an automatic wicket. Same sort of deal. If you play the reverse sweep, it's an automatic out. Oh dear. <laughs> Zero all out. Does that, does that <laughs> innings defeat? Minus one run. Minus minus one. Jeez, get into cricket rules and start doing yeah, minus well, fives and double wickets. I think double yeah, wickets should dip, be a thing in cricket. Get both batsmen out at the same time. That would be that would be a hell of a move. Yeah, but, I do like the double yeah. run out. That's a. It, it's kind of like a baseball thing, you know, where you can get the, the mm, double. You can get. You can get. Yeah. yeah. So every, I like the idea of having a fielding option which just you know destroys a batting lineup yeah completely swings a game right it's like yeah how about I think balls to- never did like indoor cricket balls never did <laughs> so what even if it hits the fence yeah balls never did if you leave your crazy yes. round you can get out yeah but then yeah okay that might work if we, if we so, do it yeah if we do it for test cricket it would be be one thing Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, look, I'm just trying to make the game short. I, I don't I think want it would be, it'd be great for T20 cricket and there's someone tonks the ball out of the ground and it's like rolling <laughs> it's away. Like, <laughs> it's like, just like the ball back. Running. <laughs> just keep on running. Just keep going. We keep running. We keep running. We'll to the six. Yeah. 
And that's how you make 300 runs in a game. <laughs> yeah. If you check the stats, Ali, I think the maximum runs on, on one ball was 300-something when the ball was stuck in a tree and they kept running. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they ran, I think they ran like 12 or something like that. Like they... No, no. It was, it was a lot more than that, oh, really? actually. I'll, pull up, I'll, I'll find and I'll post it in the group. I right believe here. it's a ground in England. I can't remember the name where they had a tree in the ground. Oh, that is South Africa. No, that's Kenya. That's in Kenya. In Kenya? Yeah. And I believe reading that one of the rules was that if you hit the ball into the tree or through the tree, and if a leaf falls out of the tree, then you're out. So, Do you have to catch the leaf? Or is no, it just no, the, the leaf <laughs> falls. So if you, if you disturb the tree to damage a leaf, you're out. So you can obviously hit the ball into the tree, but if you hit it and a leaf falls out, so you've disrupted it enough, you're out. But the tree was in the ground, like in the boundary. I think I'll there's. Have to, I think I'll, have to some, up, I'll have to dig up that ground. Yeah, I think there's some OHNS um, stuff that's <laughs> that needs to be taken go. care of before I've, before we start playing trees in the middle of grounds. So here's a stat for you guys. I found it. On 15th of Jan, 1894, the maximum run scored on one ball is 286. <laughs> the ball was stuck in one of the branches of a tree inside the ground, and they just kept running before an axe and a rifle were brought to the ground to get the ball down. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a stat. It is. Sorry. Um, so the one I was talking about is about the Kent Cricket Ground. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's different. That's different. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, mine wasn't Kenya. Mine was South Africa. And on that ground, if you hit the tree, it's a four, regardless of where you hit the ball from the tree. Well, Well, 286. Now that we've reverse sweeped all the way back around, I think it's (laughs) it's a good spot to call this called us an end thank you very much Kevin Shivank and Sid uh, for joining us and talking test cricket and all the variations we can do with it Uh, if you want to get sports nerdy with the team you can join us on our socials at the back pass podcast on Facebook Instagram and Twitter thank you very much